show. Very cool. Uh, Peter Bertan is uh, with us this morning. He's a critically acclaimed acoustic fingerstyle guitarist, a singer, songwriter, and a producer. Uh, he's a very versatile musician by my own count and nominated as best acoustic guitar that, that you've uh, developed over the years, and it's a pleasure to have you here. What what you got? Well, it's great to be here, and it's great to, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really appreciate it, and uh, an opportunity to play music and share, and uh, just have a good old time. I'm going to do a little acoustic ditty, uh, a little improvisational thing, an F-sharp minor, um, uh, bluesy, jazzy, ambient. Uh, it's called Alone. Day. That's phenomenal. It, it, how unusual, how great. Would you like to sit down for a moment? Absolutely. And give us the backstory, because really, uh, I've never heard that type of, hey, maybe I don't get out, but I've never heard that type of fingerstyle guitar playing before. Is this your own way, the way that you started out? Uh, you just I, developed this? How did it happen? It started happening when I was a kid. I started, uh, I always had like a knowledge about music. I always, music was familiar to me. I started hearing songs and understanding them. And I started creating my own little chord diagrams. And uh, 
making up my own little songs, and it just uh, had an, an aptitude for music. I always knew that I had it, so it just developed and developed. And as far as the guitar is concerned, I'm mostly self-taught. I did some uh, some schooling in high school and college as far as music theory is concerned, but my main instrument was the tuba. It was not the guitar. So, mm. And it gave me a great insight into bass, the function of bass in, in music. But with the guitar, you know, I... Um, I had an opportunity to pursue a classical career uh, at the Juilliard School of Music or Boston Conservatory with auditions and stuff. But I was listening to Neil Young and Crosby, Stills and Nash and Stevie Wonder and Lennon McCartney, Ian Anderson. Said, you know, I'd rather be a songwriter. So I pursued that aspect. And acoustic music is always, I've always had an affinity for acoustic music. So I just, it's a matter of practice and developing and playing. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been playing now for. Uh, 50 years plus, so I better be good by now. By now, something, yeah, right. Uh, so glad to have you here. It's it's hard to be a singer-songwriter when you're playing the tuba also. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, you're, you're blowing and you sing a word and then you blow again. I, I don't know how that works. It, it must be strange. But it, it, it it's, a, it's a very interesting type of picking and playing. So did you have a, someone that you... Uh, were watching uh, growing up? That, yeah, that, sure. Yeah. One of my very first influences was uh, Arlo Guthrie. Oh, yeah. Alice's Restaurant in mm -hmm. uh, 1969, 68. Yeah. Also, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon's acoustic guitar. He's a good guitarist. A also. very good guitarist. Yeah. Uh, Flat and Scruggs, uh, the original uh, bluegrass guys, are the one who the guys who wrote the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> tune, but they've been around for many years before that. Yeah. So I, I loved finger picking. So uh, and um, one of my favorite guitar rhythm guitarists was Richie Haven. So I got a lot of my rhythm stuff. Uh, from from Richie, my influences and my inspiration, but yeah, it was just uh, I listened to those are the artists that I that I listened to. I also listened to classical uh, guitar, uh, Julian Bream, Segovia, uh, and uh, that was very inspirational as well. That, those were my early years. And then uh, you you were talking about your uh, your first songs. Do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Yes, the first song I ever wrote was called "Why Did You Come Back." What was it about? And uh, how old were you? I think I was about nine or ten years old, and I started. Uh, I, I started singing it. It, it. it went. Why did you come back? Why did you come back to me? It had this like really lovely little melody, like Ricky Nelson type stuff, you know. And it was just. I guess it was just about a asking the lady or the girl, why did you come back after such a, a terrible relationship? And I was nine years old, so <laughs> how could I know these things? <laughs> you know, in your, in your mind there, you may have been really advanced for your age, looking for love. Looking for love. Ah, there you go. You yeah. got it. And then uh, you, you, I guess uh, you knew that this, this is one of the things you wanted to do in your life, was just create music. It was a knowing. It was a knowing whether... Whether I would be, I would starve or not, whether I would be happy or not, I knew that music was going to be an integral part of my life. That you would always have it. I always have it. Yeah. If you weren't going to be a musician, what uh, was there uh, in in the works for you that you would have wanted to do? A uh, very a very big space between in the latter. Uh, but the the second thing I will I thought about was maybe being a, a cook, a chef. I like to cook at home. I like the culinary arts, taste, palate. And probably that would probably be one of been uh, my job. Creativity is your job. Creativity, you, you, yeah, something in the creative field for yes. sure. Yeah, it, music or 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 cooking or anything. Cooking like or that. signing acts or working in a record company as an A yeah. and R person. Or yeah. Production, something like that. But the cooking always was kind of like a a far distant second to music. Well, we're glad that you pursued music. Hey, I can make some scrambled eggs right now for you if you like. <laughs> John, have you got a hot plate around here? <laughs> See where that's at. Uh, so, you, and you've, you've, uh, have you lived your whole life in, in South Florida? You, you mentioned earlier, before we went on the air here, that uh, your family uh, came from Spain? A well, originally from Spain. A Cuban, a Cuban background is usually European, um, from Spaniards. Uh, mm -hmm. My mother was from, uh, ancestors from northern France, and my father's was uh, French. My last, my real last name is uh, my legal last name is Betancourt, and my professional name is Batan. So yeah, um, Spanish Cuban roots, and uh, born and raised in New York City. 
You don't have that accent. When I have a few beers, I, I, I uh, usually, you know, like, hey, what are you doing it? over here? You hey, know, you're, 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 you're no good. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been here for a long time uh, yeah. as an independent performing artist. Um, and and yeah, pretty cool that you're making a living at it. There's so many people uh, here that, uh, that, that have a hard time to, to do that. But you've, uh, you've, you've been there. You know, it's, I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful that I've been able to do what I love and make a decent living at it. You know, I used to, I used to be a little disillusioned when I was a younger musician, singer, songwriter. I thought yeah. that fame was the, you know, was the ticket. It's not the ticket. What, what being an artist is all about is being able to develop your craft, work hard, um, deal with the, with the creative challenges, develop yourself as a musician, and um, get work create product cds music that you can sell and if you can do that and and make a decent living with a little money in the bank maybe or a nice home you know family mm -hmm. whatever the case you know stay off the freaking drugs you know stuff like that which we've all had stepping stones with that of course but uh if you've done all that you've made it a musician is not about making it big because most people don't make it big because basically, you want to be happy doing what you're doing. Yes. And uh, the independent musicians industry has been a godsend to, to a lot of musicians like myself. Because prior, the record companies uh, controlled the whole thing. They, crawled, mm -hmm. they controlled the radio airplay time. They controlled uh, the rates, uh, uh, of recording rates, uh, they, uh, pri you know, pricing. Uh, they, they controlled the technology and now, with the musicians' uh, independent industry, the industry of the independent musician, we have accessible to us the equipment, uh, the digital uh, uh, technology, uh, the ability to produce ourselves and to release the music that we write and not be under the scrutiny and the control of the record companies and right. make, a, make a decent living. You're sidestepping that whole area and doing it yourself. That's why it's important to know the business of show business. Very true. You, you, you know the show. But you've got to have that business head together as well. Absolutely, that's important. Absolutely, you've, you've put together uh, how many? We have one of your albums here somewhere. It's around here somewhere. Yeah, this is. Uh, wh which number is this, Peter? Uh, this is. Um, Why don't I just hold that up over there and just. Oh, uh, this is a passion it. fix. It's my latest CD. Yeah, it uh, it's it, it showcases uh, the songwriting. Because I'm also an instrumental guitarist, uh, fingerstyle instrumental mm -hmm. guitarist. So, but I'm also a singer-songwriter. I've also always loved songwriting, the art of songwriting. So, mm -hmm. this is my latest uh, vocal CD, uh, uh, released in 2004. And this, the name of this tune is called "Why Are We Waiting." It's number 10 on the track, and it's available on iTunes, Amazon.com, World Wide Web. You can download it, stream it, uh, whatever you'd like. And you can also buy the physical copy. So we we should just go to Peter Bitan. Dot com. Actually, no, cdbaby.com. cdbaby. cdbaby.com uh, slash uh, uh, Peter Batan slash artist. And it has my complete catalog. Uh, you can sample the songs, uh, the complete songs for free before if you want to purchase them or if you want to stream them, whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. So you have the opportunity to listen to the whole thing mm -hmm. before, you, uh, before you buy. Mm -hmm. And this particular song is called Why Are We Waiting? It's uh, the most popular song in the catalog. It's been downloaded the most uh, a lot of people in uh, england and ireland uh, europe love this tune and it's great because you know i'm sitting here in miami florida and some person is in uh, uh, london england uh, listening to why are we waiting i say what a treat i've always wanted that 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 treat that uh, that pleasure you know that's good for the head isn't it it's good for the head. should we listen know? to it sure okay Disregard the thorn 
ourselves being thrown to lies that cover up our eyes. said a little celtic there i guess the the flute helps out a little ian anderson-ish which you said was one of your influences absolutely Ian anderson was definitely one of my influences this song i wrote actually i wrote it in 1978 and it's been on the shelf you know when songwriters write songs they shelf stuff they have middle sections they haven't used for the verses yeah so this song was on the shelf for many many years and i've always loved that i always had a like this this something about this tune that's really you know compelling to listen to it's it's it, it calms you but at the same time it, it, you're urged to listen and um i finally recorded it in 2004 and released it and it wound up being the most popular song in the catalog hmm. and it doesn't even have the that songwriting formula you know like the hook in the middle and the you know the two verses on the other side and you know it's it's just uh, become a very popular tune all around but it puts you in a mood it's, it just brings you along you know you'd you, f- you feel very at ease when you're listening to it. It's a very cool, cool sound. Thanks. I, I, so you said you just said something about you had a, a maybe you have a little chunk of something that you put on a shelf and then wait until later, and that's something that a lot of musicians do, and something that would be a good uh, information for young artists coming up was that even if they just have a line or if they have a little slug of music or something like that, write that down, record that, keep that. And, and, and be able to access it when you're writing something else. You never know when it may be used in another song or in, in somewhere else. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the tools. It's the tools of songwriting to, to create an archive of your ideas that are not uh, completed. And then you can always go back and say, hey, I remember that. Let's see, what I, well, let's see what I got. Let's see. I haven't heard that in years. Wow, that's a perfect middle section for what I'm writing right now. It's happened to me many times, and it's great because it all fits together. And maybe it was years later, you know? So, or sometimes we, you know, we complete a song in five minutes, like, uh, like uh, uh, yesterday with Paul McCartney. He wrote that in like five, ten minutes. Interesting story. So simple, yet so impactful. Exactly. So, what does it take to write an impactful song? Something you want people to listen to. Uh, we, we've spoken on the show about about the hook and the the value of a good hook in music, and about the the value of uh, of a, a musical phrase that people will take away. Uh, from the gig, you know, from listening to you, how, how does that happen? You know, it, it's it's kind of like a knowing, like uh, when I've written songs that I know that are that people are gonna like it, 
it's it's something that it's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's a matter of the heart it really is of the creative heart because when you write it you say wow i know that i can touch people with this because you feel it inside so therefore you want to share it you want to give it away you know so um that happened with one of the songs with why are we waiting i felt that way of another tune that we may listen to today called one in a million which is one that's one of your favorites when you've heard me perform live uh it's just a knowing you know you got songs that you know are going to be special and then you got songs that you don't like that much and people love now that's a that's a weirdity there's no rhyme or reason to this there's everyone's no got their own musical head about them that will will say gee this is great or i don't know about this yeah it's it's it's, a, it's an amazing thing i i wrote a song called all for you from my first album and i never thought that it was one of my I ne- not one of my favorites but i used to get it all the time all for you all for you i said wow all for you well okay i guess it must be a pretty good tune sometimes the audience is your is your reference that's the sounding board that's the sounding when board. you do it live and you get that instant feedback there's nothing like it absolutely i mean uh, the audience is very important what is an artist without their audience why do we do this do we do this for ourselves i don't do this for myself i do it because i want to be acknowledged as an artist and i want people to feel good so you want to give it away and uh, a lot of artists they they don't they think that you know well you know i do it for me not really so you, we need the audience so where does ego stop ah. and audience acceptance for your body of work begin? Now, that's a personal choice. Yeah. You have to say, hey, that's my ego talking. And then you say, you know, you have to be objective. You really have to be step back and say, you know, am I being egotistical about this? You know, what can I do to change it? You know, just like a song. Because you can read an audience uh, if, if you're looking in their faces, if there's enough light in the room, you know, sometimes they're... <laughs> It's a little dark, but you could see in their face, you can see when people are, are listening, when they're in rapt attention, and when they just start to pick up their cell phones and just start, you know. Yeah. Well, that happens. Uh, you know, it, it happens. Uh, when, you're, when you're playing in a venue that's strictly for listening, you know, like I, I could call it pin drop audience, where, you know, people come and they come. I've done performances like that, but I also work restaurants. I work lounges. I work festivals where there's a lot of activity. Uh, so, um, but there's always, you're always getting through because I, at least I know that I've done that because uh, I get my work based on my originality. I don't, I'm not a cover artist. I'm not known as a cover artist, Peter Batan. I'm known as an original artist and I get my work based on that. So when I play in venues, no matter how small or large, uh, people usually appreciate, most people will appreciate. They'll come up and say, Hey man, you made my night or, you know, that's a great guitar playing. And that, that, that's, that's what it's all about. It's true. To but, give it away. But I've heard you do cover songs, and they are nothing like originally recorded. They, you have made them your own, and people appreciate that. The art of song renditions. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very true. I, I like to take a song and shape it and you know, keep, retain the melody, of course, because that's the identifiable element of the song, the melody. Yeah. And uh, I keep that, but I, yeah, I change it all around. I, I change the chords. I change all kinds of stuff. and. I think people appreciate the creativity in something like that because anybody, if they work hard enough, can do note for note, word for word, a, a song that other people have heard hundreds of times on, on the radio or there through the Internet. Absolutely. But when you make it your own, then you're adding your own creativity to it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah very true. Well, let's see. Uh, I, have, uh, I have a book here that a friend, uh, extended family really, Suzanne Lasky-Gerard, uh, wrote this book, uh, uh, 1,500 uh, Questions for Professional Media Interviewers. I, I don't profess to be a professional media interviewer here, but, but it's a very cool book, and it's got a lot of answers for people who are in this field. And uh, what I want to try here today is uh, that uh, the book is all about uh, questions for whoever you interview, whether it be a politician uh, an athlete, a singer, songwriter, someone from the opera, um, any type of person. Right. And, uh, and I'm going to ask you to, to pick a number between 50 and 150. Okay. 117. 117. So let's go to page 117. And uh, there are 
One, two, three, four, five. This is interesting. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve questions on the page. Twelve. So it's so, twelve questions, not one. So there are twelve questions on twelve questions on the page. So I'm going to ask you to choose a number oh. between one and twelve. Okay. Um, seven. Number seven. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And these are questions. In a in a, a series of questions for orchestra conductors, how interesting! Orchestra and the question that that you chose blindly, <laughs> I might add, is: some musicians say that an orchestra doesn't need a conductor. How do you feel about this? Uh, it's a terrible. It, it, it's that's a terrible notion. It it does need a conductor. You need the, you need a leader uh, to to guide you through the manuscript. Sure. Because music is written by a composer so uh, classical musicians are 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 playing the music but the conductor is the interpreter of the mood of the tempo of the dynamics of the piece so you have to when i when i, I mean i studied tuba in college and and uh, high school so i know what it's like to be part of an orchestra and a band when you want to know what the tempo change is in a certain phrase you, you look, look at, at the, the conductor. conductor. <laughs> he's he's there guiding. You know, he's 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 the guide. He's the he's guide. not just doing the tempo of the whole piece. Together. No, it's tempo along with dynamics, change of tempo, uh, speed of of of, of the piece. Uh, so he's he's the whole, he's the uh, the magnet, the the nucleus. What's the biggest band or orchestra you have played in? The all city people. The all. Oh, you mean uh, well in. In, in college, I was in the All City Orchestra. So when you we were played in a at band. Juilliard, uh, we played at the uh, Lincoln Center. Lincoln Center, yeah. damn name dropper. So <laughs> well, it was just for a, it was for the college orchestra. <laughs> 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 I did not get paid for for the gig. <laughs> and when you're in a large um, a setting like that, you need to listen to everybody else and pay attention to the conductor as well, right? And your music. Uh, the surrounding it's, parts is it's, 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 it's a combination of all, but the priorities remain on what you're playing, and the and the conductor. I mean, you have to know what the other people are playing, but that's mostly incidental. You're hearing that as well, but it's the 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 the, the real thing is uh, watching the conductor and and making sure that you get your part right. Otherwise, otherwise you're out. You're out of the union. It's a, another <laughs> uh, another the union. The union. That's a bad word in South Florida. <laughs> yes, it so, is. <laughs> now, so let me let me ask you: uh, between fifty and hundred, give me another number. Just let's try fifty this again. and a hundred. Uh, Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Okay. So this. Uh, oh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, another twelve. Another questions. twelve. So, so I, one through between twelve. One and twelve. Ten. Number ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, who's your best friend? How did you meet? This is for child stars. Child stars? <laughs> yes. Well, who's your best friend? Who's, and how did you meet? Who's my best buddy? Yes. Well, boy, that's be, a... be it in music or in life. or So this is kind of the backstory here. What, what do we know about Peter Batan? Well, I, I would say that my, my best buddy, uh, my best musical friend, and my best friend friend is uh, my partner, my musical partner that I performed with many years, Mark Berner. He played the flute on Why Are We Waiting? He's a multi-instrumentalist. He plays the woodwinds, and I've known him since uh, 1988. Uh, he, he, I was introduced uh, to him through a, a very talented singer-songwriter, Magda Hiller. Maybe you've heard of her i have magda hiller and he came in one night and uh by shag nasties a small club that was right next to tobacco road owned by tobacco road i used to play there saturday nights and she introduced me to him and he brought his flute and the first song we played together was me and julio down by the schoolyard by paul simon and then we did an original tune and we just clicked musically it was just cl an instant click and uh so he's been with me playing with me he's been on all my albums and we play we perform live we're a known duo in town Batan and Burner, and uh, he's yeah. I would say he's my best musical friend and uh, my best buddy. You guys have any gigs coming up? Right now, we have a, a private party that we're probably going to be doing at the Flagler Museum, but that's a it's a private event. Mm -hmm. It's not a public. The last time we played was a uh, a concert in the Falls. We did a concert as a duo, and we recorded it. We recorded a performance of Fragile by Sting. 
uh, Mark and I. It's on YouTube. It, it's been edited and mastered, and it's, it sounds really nice. It's pretty indic very indicative of what we do live today, me and him. So you can check it out. Mark Burner, uh, Peter Batan and Mark Burner do Fragile by Sting and on YouTube, and it's get right to it. Peter Batan and Mark Burner, is that B-E-R? N-E-R. N-E-R. Do Fragile. Do Fragile by Sting. Do Fragile. Sting. Okay. Get you right there. Google it, and I'm sure it'll come right up. See, right on YouTube. Yeah, that's pretty specific. Yeah. It's about yeah. Ten, 10 minutes. It's a, it's a rendition of the song. It doesn't sound like the album, like we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's very textural. It's very ambient. It's very rhythmical, melodic. And he, it, it just sounds, we got a really nice, cohesive. Acoustic guitar and flute go so well together. Mm-hmm. You play with other acoustic guitarists here in, uh, in South Florida. Yes. Who are some of your favorite people to play with? Oh, another excellent guitarist in town is uh, Frank Carmelitano, uh, an excellent uh, acoustic guitarist. He plays a steel string and the nylon string. Classically trained, uh, a jazz player, uh, excellent writer. We've played together from time to time, and we've recorded together. He he produced uh, one of the two. As a matter of fact, he produced uh, the Why Are We Waiting, and he also played some uh, ambient keyboards on it. Uh, excellent guitarist. I recommend that you go see him, Frank Carmelitano. Frank Carmelitano. Okay. And, of course, Simon Sauls. Uh, I, I know you heard of Simon Sauls. Mm -hmm. uh, he's no longer with us, passed away a few years back. Excellent guitarist. Wonderful. I know you also play with Terrence Bagby. And T. Bagby and, at the Bags. Yeah. A excellent uh, guitar player, pa very passionate in his play. He, li he, likes to, he likes to wander. He's the type of guy that you you play with, and he wanders. He he takes you places, you know. Goes he you know, he just takes you out there, and then you just follow, you know. Isn't and that great about what music can do? Oh yeah. You you start a little journey here, and you, and you don't know where it's going to go, but everybody's into it. Everybody's into it. It's yeah. wonderful, you know. It's just a, it's like reading a great book. The time flies. You know, did you ever read a book and three hours pass by, and you go, where'd the time go? Same thing with writing, uh, with sure. performing music. Yeah. That's why when I when I perform, I do two uh, two three hour sets without a break. People say, don't you ever take a break? I said, what am I going to do? I'm here to play. I got to play, you know. So yeah. it's a, it, it just, time just flies. It's just uh, an amazing thing. You're, you're into it. I'm you're into so it. into it. All the way. Phenomenal. There's only one it, way to do it. it. In your family growing up, did, when they knew at some point that you wanted to be a musician, how, how was that? They weren't as supportive as they could have been. Uh, my mom and dad, you know, they... They loved the heck out of me, but they, they wanted to see a more stable career choice. Get a day job, son. Yeah. <laughs> my dad worked for the Hilton Corporation for 40 years, so he wanted me to get into the hotel business. And, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it. I, you know, I didn't want to do it. So prior to becoming a professional musician, I was a job drifter. Truck driver, cab driver in New York. Uh, I also sold electronic equipment for Sound Advice here in Miami, mm -hmm. in South Florida. But the salesman, sales, uh, retail, that was basically my job. But I always drifted around until I finally found my little niche. Something who would who would think? To make you happy, and, yeah. and you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have any children? No, no children. No. I'm no. married. Been married to a beautiful, my beautiful wife. Uh, we've been together for many years, and we finally got married uh, five years ago, coming April 17th. A beautiful artist. Her name, her name is Kay, Kay Curia. And uh, she's a wonderful oil painter, a surrealist painter. We've been together for many years, but no children. Does Kay have anything on the Internet we can look at? Yes, she does. She has some stuff, and she's going to be doing a, uh, a show. As a matter of fact, she's uh, uh, bringing some paintings over to Studio 18 in Pembroke Pines. They're going to have an exhibition of artwork there, and she's going to be one of the featured artists. A Studio 18. Look what, it up. What's the date? Uh, I'm there? not sure what the date is. But you can look it up. Go to the Studio 18 Studio website. 18. Studio 18. Okay. And check it out. It's going to be an exhibition uh, within the next week. Now, this, this show, of course, is live, but it will be repeated uh, a week from today. Uh, today's the 20th, so the 27th. Uh, we, we will have already done this, but we're still on. We're on live. For another, yeah. We're in the moment. Yeah. Current. It, what you, you spoke a little about... Um, the importance of, uh, of uh, writing down and, and saving and keeping and archiving information about music and your musical things and tastes. What's the best information you would give to young musicians or creative people just starting out? Because I, you, you have all, excuse me, you, you've also had um, studied at Juilliard. 
No, no, I didn't study didn't Julie. Study I, had, Julie I had the opportunity to become. You knew Julie. To, I, I knew Julie. <laughs> <laughs> you knew Julie Art. I had the opportunity to pursue a, a classical career, but I chose not to. I had the opportunity to to uh, to audition for Juilliard School of Music with the tuba and the Boston Conservatory of Music, but I chose not to pursue the, the classical career. I decided to pursue the singer-songwriter, rock and roll, acoustic. And, and while it is important to, to have, uh, you know, whatever educational knowledge you, you can amass to help oh. yourself, what would be the best information you would give to uh, kids uh, starting? Um, never be, uh, always recognize your weaknesses and then strengthen them or eliminate them if you can. Uh, know your strength, but know your weaknesses as well. Always challenge yourself. Write a song when you don't feel like writing a song. Practice when you don't feel like practicing. Start getting gigs out there and just start playing the, the performance arena. Just do it. Just do it. Just um, get out there and do it. Have to get out there and do it and always stay creative. Uh, stay off the drugs, you know. Uh, you know, a little inspiration, you know, a little wine or brandy, you know, that's why they call it spirits, you know. But, but you know, if you're a young kid, you know, I don't recommend that you start drinking or, or doing drugs to, to get creative because crea being creative is not about external uh, imp uh, influences. It's about what happens inside. You want to have all your faculties together while you're doing it so you know exactly what you're doing and how it's coming out. Perfectly and said. what you want. So, uh, yeah, get your faculties, practice know that you have a talent in it and a lot of people say i want to play music you know know that you you, you want to do this and have a talent sure know your weaknesses and your strengths and develop just do it just, just keep doing just it just keep and, on doing it and you know in spite of yourself you're just going to get better and better at it absolutely it music is a never-ending learning process yeah i i will never be as good as i want to get and i'm glad because this keeps me hungry. This keeps me going. This keeps me getting better at what I do. You know, I so said, what can I do next? You know, you, the worst feeling in the world is to be a, an artist and you feel stuck. You don't want to do the same show all the time. No, you don't. That's why we, I hardly ever do the song, when I play live, I hardly ever do the song the same way twice. Now, it's important to be structured. If you're going to do a concert, it's important to have a song list. It's important to have an arrangement so the sure. other musicians know, you know, how the song goes. But uh, within that arrangement, you know, I mean, when you go, if you ever accompany a, a, a band on tour, they will repeat the shows. They will repeat the same songs, uh, maybe add two or three here, but they, they have yeah. a structure. It's because important that, to have a structure. at that level, they, they think their audience needs to hear the things that, they, that they're used to hearing more comfortable with. Now, I, I heard you do a song the other night, uh, One in a Million. Yes. And now uh, we have it uh, on CD that we're going to play in just a moment. Uh, and so it would be interesting to, uh, to hear it uh, as you've recorded it as opposed to as I heard it live. Yes. Because what you do is, as we said, you never do the same show twice. You may never do the same song twice the same, the same way. Yeah. But uh, should we listen to... Uh, oh, It'd be wonderful. This is a very popular tune as well, one in a million throughout the years. It was featured on my first uh, CD. Uh, it came out in 1988, and then I revisited it in, in Passion Fix, the 2004 CD, and I did a, a new rendition of it. And I see
hallmark of a, of a good song it's a great tune it has a really good middle section and it was featured in an in independent film by the way um by touchstone pictures it was featured in the fort lauderdale film festival and they picked the intro to this song and they picked uh, 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 another segment of another song called i'm dreaming again and they placed it in the in the uh, uh, film in very pivotal parts where like it was about a romance and the first time they make love you hear the intro of one in a million, and you hear it in its entirety. And then uh, when they have their first spout, their, fir their first spat, sorry, their first spat, they, uh, 
as she's driving to the airport and you hear the other song. So there were pivotal points in the movie where you actually hear the song. It's like a little video going on. You know, it helps to set the scene. It helps to, to set the scene. Put you in the mood for what's going on on the screen. Yeah. The name of the film is called Gringo Wedding, uh, directed by Taz Cellini, and uh, it came out in 2006 as an independent film. So how did you do that? Did you market uh, the, the music to the person? Did you know the person? That, that... Uh, my entertainment lawyer uh, called me and said that I got, I, you know, there's a director in town. He's f filming a film and he needs uh, material. So uh, I had made an appointment with him and he, I gave him my CD. I gave him the songs and he picked these two. So it was just a matter of being at the right time at the right place. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's all about that, it's isn't it? It's all about it? that, yeah. In the right time at the right place. It was place. so great to see the, the, the film and see the songs being played in the big screen in, you know, 5.1 Dolby Surround. You're saying, sure. wow, you know, that's always been one of my my dreams to have see my music in a, in a film, you know. So it happened. Huh? It happened. Life and, is and good it, over here, Buzz. And it'll happen again. Hey, because you're doing what you love to do. And people appreciate that. You know, they, they see when an audience sees when you're having fun on stage... And you have fun on stage like nobody else. I mean, you are there with your guitar, and you just you, you pick it up, and you just you're it's so into it. And people see that, and they 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 dig that. That's that's the groove Absolutely. that everybody gets into. Absolutely. And the songs were licensed. I didn't do it for free. They they actually licensed the songs, and they gave me a fee for it. You know, and uh, I got a fee, and and that's that's also very important. I, you got to get paid if you want to make a decent living playing music. You got to make sure that you get you know you get paid. Hey, kids, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> you know, you want to you wanna have fun doing this stuff too, but get the business head together as well as the show part. Okay, you've got the show part. You've been practicing, working, okay, with your buds. But get the business part together and make sure you've, you've got that because that's the whole package. That's the whole package, you absolutely. Whole you know, package. The, it, it, business is important. You need money to survive and you got to get paid for what you do. And it, never go through, never think that you have to be go through this Van Gogh syndrome. <laughs> Where you have to starve to be a good musician. No, no such thing. No. You don't have to starve to be a you good don't. musician. You yeah. don't. We're not Can you lend me 20? Yeah, we're not. <laughs> hey, I got it over here. For you, <laughs> Peter, anything, bro. You're the best. Let me let me slip into the off-the-wall segment here, which will give you uh, a little time to do some uh, some more finger-picking uh, live uh, over here as well. So uh, so the off-the-wall segment is just something that uh, we do to kind of help people call attention to what we think is real and what's important. Um, so mindful of Republicans talking about the so-called, you know, wasteful spending in government. Of course, there is wasteful spending. And, and needing to get his approval rating out of the gutter, uh, they called upon Trump's thin skin to cut back his expenditures. Um, so in an effort to cut back on the bad press, he took steps to curtail his travel budget. And when, when asked if he could stay at Camp David, uh, the presidential retreat in the Canocton Mountains, he said, you know, very rustic. I, I hate bugs. You know how I feel about bugs? The closest I want to come to a bug is when they fly against the windows of my Trump Tower apartment. <laughs> Having spent the last seven weeks in a row, weekends in a row at his presidency at the Southern White House in Palm Beach, Costing Lontana Airport loads of money because they've got to curtail any flights going in and out of that airport. People have left that airport, so he's making a negative impact on, on people locally here. He acquiesced, and they left Air Force One at home, and they took a Greyhound bus to Mar-a-Lago for the weekly getaway. The scheduled bus left D.C. Terminal on time and with about a dozen passengers who did not go through the usual Secret Service screening process. They were simply eyeballed and quickly ushered aboard in deference to his position, the president's family occupied the back six rows of the bus closest to the bathroom. Instead of a motorcade, four retired accountants followed in their Harleys, on their Harleys. There was no press contingent, but Isaac Frumstein, travel and vacation writer for his block, was invited to accompany the presidential party. His Twitter account reported that three stops were made during the bus ride, including breakfast at a Cracker Barrel, where Trump posed for pictures uh, sitting behind a sunrise sampler. The rest of the ride was uneventful except for Kellyanne Conway's constant calls about making sure there were no microwave ovens aboard the bus. And since, you know, he didn't plan ahead, uh, the party arrived at Mar-a-Lago. They found it was completely booked for the weekend. There were two weddings. A Prince of Liechtenstein had some kind of a surprise party there for his girlfriend. 
Alternate plans were made. After spotting a cozy 4-2 with pool on homeexchange.com, Ivanka called the Smith family, who were more than willing to stay in the White House for the weekend. It's like a dream, Mrs. Smith said. We've never been to Washington. Now we get to sleep in the Lincoln bedroom, and we don't have to contribute $50,000 to a to a political campaign. Ivanka was so nice on the phone, she said, she included 10% off on her jewelry line with a minimum purchase of $1,000. To save additional expenses, elaborate security preparations that precede a presidential visit were not strictly followed. Uh, the Secret Service merely called the town gossip a Mrs. Van Wick to see if there was anyone they should watch out for. With a large Secret Service contingent in tow, dining out for the Trumps was more of a challenge, but Cam Wong of Wong's Endless Buffet graciously allowed the Trumps' use of their private dining room in spite of the fact that, that a Mrs. Bergman had already left a deposit on the room. Uh, she said, you know, we're a little put out over here, Mrs. Bergman explained to anyone who would listen. Uh, my Mahjong group doesn't get out that often, and the spare ribs are to die for. <laughs> we can't move it to the next week because Mrs. Goldstein will be too busy. Her nephews are coming over from college. She needs to start cooking some chicken soup, kugel, and a couple of gribbenous. Pounds of gribbenous. I just spit on myself. You can't believe how skinny they are. Uh, and, and this. Republicans are split on the effects of their new health care bill, the CBO uh, estimates of up to 15 million people and maybe more that could be dumped off the health care rolls in the next year or so for one reason or another, Paul Ryan declared his opposition. Well, you know, we were going for all 20 million on Obamacare. We won't rest until we obliterate all coverage. <laughs> Trumpelthinskin tweeted, this is more complicated than I thought, which is, which is better, tax credits or subsidies? I don't remember if I said all people should be taken care of or just all people with money. You know, I received the information on a weekend in Florida, and it was so complicated by the fact that I've never had to study on the golf course before. By the way, Kellyanne Conway was brilliant when she said that microwave ovens can turn into cameras. It gave me an idea. Airport security x-ray equipment performs full body scans, so a valuable medical function could be done with a little adjustment in power. <laughs> This equipment can see metal objects under clothes, so let's juice up the current and look a little deeper. Passenger patients who won't be covered by our insurance need only buy a ticket to Orlando and get a scan. <laughs> the airlines don't care where you go as long as you're properly screened. They'll just add a printer to the unit and bingo, you get an exp inexpensive medical scan as well. How easy would it be to cross-train TSA personnel with EMT instruction? They're going to pat down a certain number of passengers anyway, so don't be alarmed if they grab your balls and ask you to cough at the same time. <laughs> waiting in line at the airport is a lot shorter than waiting in your doctor's office. Really, Peter, there's a lot less coughing and hacking as well. So, hey, uh, while you're sick, uh, just stick your head in the machine, get a full set of uppers and lowers instead of an expensive x-ray at your dentist. Think of it, a full set of x-rays and a flight to Orlando. And frequent flyer miles, you can't deny that. <laughs> Now, if we could only work on the cavity search. And finally, please stop saying that immigrants are ruining our country. Such comments are like giant verbal burrito stuffed with historical ignorance, latent racism, and xenophobia all wrapped up in a fascist tortilla. Peter, okay, that's just my opinion. But Peter, would you uh, play a little music for us as we uh, as we exit the show here of course of course that uh, would be wonderful uh, 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 was that a reality show you were talking about probably yeah i, I hope would so say, uh, it's a, i would hope so it's all rigged yeah it's all rigged so and, and let me remind everybody this program will repeat on march 27th at this time uh the following show will feature diane ward that's april 3rd uh, Diane Ward, whose songwriting, multi-instrumentality, and celebrated virtual vocal virtuosity will draw you into a musical reverie, along with her esteemed guitarist and co-producer, Jack Chaudet, will team up on the studio and present some of the best original music talent South Florida has to offer. We want to thank uh, joltradio.org and John Kanyer for making this program possible and uh, for more cutting edge and satire and humor. Hopefully, if you laugh, it's humor. If you're not, 
if you don't, it's a dramatic reading. Go to my website, theradiobuzz.com, and help us out by making a donation if you would, uh, especially when you can listen to your kind of alternative entertainment anywhere you go. Upload the app, send us a buck, take us along. Thanks so much. Great, great uh, hearing Peter here today, and thank you, Peter, so much for being on the show. Uh, love your originality, your musicality. Thank you.
Thank you.